Hello and welcome to Bottled Up on a mission to create conversations and make the mental health of men a top priority. You're joined by myself, Sunny, and Mayank, close friends from university who want to share the stories of everyday people on our platform. The reason? Because we are not alone. Before we kick this conversation off, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you haven't already, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your conversations. It makes a huge difference to our reach with these awesome guests and potentially life-saving conversations. And if you haven't just yet, it takes 20 to 30 seconds to leave us a review and would help us out massively. Thank you again, and buckle up for another great conversation. This is gonna. I hope this might be a long one, but let's. <laughs> <laughs> what What's one thing you guys have both learned about each other since you guys have started podcasting, and what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, Tiana is very driven, very passionate. When she puts cool. her mind to something; she'll do it. Okay, I mean, no, okay, but like an example is a podcast, <laughs> and then the running thing. It's like she wants to do something; she'll do it. So, oh yes, Yeet. that's what I learned. That is Tiana. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tui, Tui is very unapologetic. Um, you know, she's the unapologetically half of the unapologetically Asian <laughs> duo. But honestly, like with everything that Tui does, she just wears her heart on her sleeve. Oh, <laughs> bless. And um, yeah, she's, yes. she's very, um, she's not afraid to like be very vulnerable. Like, I think out of us two, that's something I'm learning a lot from Tui as well, or trying to be more vulnerable. She's very good at just owning her emotions and being confident with oh, with her thoughts and with please. herself. So, yeah. Please. Oh, this is so wholesome. Oh. I love I love yeah. cheeky rapid fires so nice. and bottled up. <laughs> yeah, this is great. The only time I am sorry when is when I'm late to a recording. <laughs> yeah. Toilet um, issues and uh, contact issues. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. No, I can always say, I can always tell you, like you know, if there's no, if there's no filter. I can already sense that. So, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like this. No, that, when I, the is... first thing I said, like when I jumped onto the call before, it was like, "Sorry, oh, yeah, guys, I have like, a yeah, I... story on this morning." I'm like, oh. <laughs> didn't even, yeah, didn't process anything that you said after that. I was just hung up on that first point. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a, that's one, that's one heck of an exhibit. <laughs> exhibit A of how unapologetic she is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but that's no, that's good, guys. No, um, I, you know, I think we we really enjoyed our time. Um, the, the, we, Sunny and I really enjoyed the time that we had on your on your podcast, where we where we um, uh, came on and spoke about mental health and from like I guess that kind of um, cultural aspect. And I think you know, Sunny and I, we thought we'd return the favor, <laughs> um, and we we thought we'd we'd try and we'd we'd try and get you guys on. So then, yeah, so thank you guys so much for for joining us. So um, yeah, we're really appreciative of your of your time. Um, first thing, first things first. How did you guys get started? I mean, you guys obviously we, we've made reference to the Unapologetically Asian podcast, but how did that sort of get you started? Bu- and um, <laughs> you know, what was the I guess the purpose behind that? Do you want to go too? Yeah, I can go. Um, oh my gosh, I feel like we've told this story so many times. So um, <laughs> time to tell it again. No, I'm just kidding. But um, where we, Tiana and I both noticed that there was something missing in the media landscape 
in general in Australia because you know it's like when you turn on the TV, white people only. Turn on the radio, white voices only. Um, and in, especially in the podcasting space at the time, like Tiana, I remember her telling me that she was really into podcasting. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is that? And she's saying, like, oh, can I swear? Sorry. Oh yeah, oh, okay, cool. Go ahead. And she's like, and I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck is that? And then um, she's telling me how she's listened to all these like amazing podcasters, but a lot of them were from America, especially Asian ones. And then there wasn't any in, well, not many anyway, not many in the Australian um, landscape. So we're like, fuck it, let's just create our own. And here we are, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two years later. Yeah. yeah. Nice. nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's the journey been? How's the journey been like the last two years? Have you guys learned a lot about yourself? I mean, you probably definitely have. Me and Mank both have. But like, have you guys, how have you guys like learned about each other? You guys obviously knew each other before you started the podcast as well. Yeah, so Twee and I actually met in uni and we got we grew quite close because we were in the Vietnamese Student Association, which is shout out, shout out VSA. It's a it's a club at um, UniMel. Um, and so we grew quite close um, working together through there. Um, and then so, yeah, we've, we've been friends for a while. And um, and then the, the reason why I asked Twee to do the podcast is because it's kind of stupid but it was kind of like oh yeah we have interesting conversations sometimes <laughs> let's record them and to be honest um yeah. i'm sure you guys can kind of resonate with this but at the beginning we thought hey podcasting is just your voice and just talking right like it's it's got to mm. be easy um but i think over time we quickly learned that that is definitely not the case <laughs> no <laughs> um mm. and i think we learned over time that um that our mission just kind of grew um, a lot bigger than what it was at the beginning. At the beginning, we just thought, okay, we're trying to fill a void um, and we're trying to um, create something that we want to hear. But I think over time we learned that, hey, it's actually um, the mission is a lot bigger than that. We want to create a platform where everyone in the community feels seen and heard, um, where people can really resonate with our stories. And um, this is something that we learned because people would write in and they would say, Hey, like we really loved this episode because, you know, we can relate. This is something that I've experienced and I've never heard this actually be publicized or spoken mm -hmm. about on this level or on this platform. And so rather than kind of sitting back and being like, okay, um, we're just gonna, we're going to complain that there's no stage for us or there's no opportunity for us. We're going to create that opportunity, that stage for ourselves. And so that's what we did. And a big mission at Unapologetically Asian is to create content that is relatable for our audience. And Twee and I want to come from a place where it's like you're just chatting with your friends about issues that are important um, to you. They could be seemingly friv frivolous to other people. They could be about dating or relationships or whatnot, or they could be more of the bigger topics like racism and microaggressions in the workplace, things that aren't really spoken about in a public forum um, we want to do our little bit to like open the door to those conversations you know, and hopefully we can spark something where people then have conversations with their friends and then they have conversations with their friends and and their family members and then hopefully there's a little bit of change that happens as the door slowly opens yeah. <laughs> oh yes. 
I don't know about you, Sonny, but that seems very similar to like our philosophy. Yeah, we'll copy and paste. I think, I think, I think we if, if we ran both of our like missions through Turn It In, I reckon it'll be like a hundred. <laughs> 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 turn It In. Oh, turn wow. I haven't heard that in yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a yeah. It's a pretty like no. I think that's a very like we um, resonate. Mm. I think we resonate. Definitely resonate. I, I resonate with the part you were saying, like um, having content you could like the content you are wanting to listen to yourself, right? Like, yeah. I think that's definitely like a big thing for Mank and I as well. You you guys both mentioned um, you know, covering a bunch of different topics. Um, has there been experiences both in your own life, you know, personally as well, before you guys got started that kind of turn the wheels that hey hang on a second mental health is something we should start talking about more often you know cultural nuances you know within our community um is something that isn't being talked about much have you guys directly experienced those things in your own life before you know upa started <laughs> oh before upa started or oh, ua oh my gosh you guys are making me pick it up yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. before it started. is it ua or upa hey, hey. <laughs> just for context we're uh, called unapologetically asian um, and, and okay. you know, <laughs> logically, it's UA, but yep. at Mayank here, he, he, he added a P. <laughs> he calls us UPA. <laughs> Where does the P come from, please, Mayank? Okay, I've, I've got an answer. I've got yeah. an answer. If you go on Zoom right now and you look at all the names... Yeah. Here, look at Mayank and I's uh, Mayank <laughs> and I, look at our name, and look at Twee's name. Unapologetic. Yeah, but that's UAP. It's not yeah. even UPA. So, me, oh, me yeah, and true. your logic is very flawed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's apologetically. Yeah. There's a P in there, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to claim that oh, no. P. Mank and, and I just changed our names on Zoom. Well. <laughs> I was wondering why you guys are like named like that. <laughs> that, was the, that was an attempt of us trying to be funny. So yeah, it just didn't just... work. We'll change that. <laughs> didn't, 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 quite, didn't quite hit I'll that. Change yeah. my That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, to answer your question, did I ever think about mental health before we started the podcast journey? Personally, for me, I've always been kind of like, a, I'd say I'm quite an introspective person, as Tiana has described me many times before. Um, but I think a lot. I overthink a lot. And mental health and the idea of, you know, um, putting yourself first and going down that journey has come up before, before the podcast. Um, but then what has changed was um, since we started the podcast, I was able to put a cultural lens onto it. And I realized the importance of putting a cultural lens onto it because that has actually impacted my life so much and made my un- experience unique from people who don't share the same culture or don't share the same family upbringing. Um, so, yeah, definitely thought about before the podcast but now that i'm able to apply the extra these extra layers that are required that like i now i've realized actually required for me to make a you know a good to have a good understanding of how my mental health how important my mental health is and how to tackle the dark side of it with these cultural lenses on top of it has um yeah that's definitely been something new that i've discovered with the podcast in terms of, you know, those cultural nuances, I think um, one thing that all of us shares, of course, that we are all Asian Australian. What was like, you know, what was upbringing like for you guys? Was there any dialogue around mental health when you guys were growing up, particularly from, I guess, like coming from a, guess, a cultural background and, you know, yeah, like was, was there any kind of dialogue around mental health when you were, when you were growing up and what was that sort of, what did that, what did that kind of look like for you guys? Yeah, so um, 
Tui and I both grew up in Vietnamese Australian households um, and we do share a lot of similarities but I think when we were discussing it as well there were some differences as well because obviously it's not a monolith we're all all different even though we might share a lot of similarities Um, in my household I think mental health wasn't it wasn't directly discussed it wasn't like um, I would sit down at dinner and sorry I've got something stuck (laughs) in my throat hold on sorry um it (laughs) no no no. (laughs) I didn't have um so it wasn't like we'd sit down at dinner and we'd say to each other so how's your mental health going or you know um hey have you been struggling with Mm. with something lately or um are you are you practicing regularly to practice um good mental health it was more so indirect questions like it would be like oh you know don't study too hard don't work too hard um how are you how are you going um doing different things like that so i think the language behind mental health in an asian household is quite different to how it would be in a western western arena um it's it's more so that your parents do very much care and love for you and and want your mental health to be um to be good obviously they don't want you to struggle but um i guess it wasn't a very direct conversation because i think we've also discussed this before but um they don't they're not equipped with the toolkit the same toolkit that we have the privilege to today right to discuss these issues or to discuss our mental health openly um in a asian household usually if you're struggling you kind of internalize it and i felt that a lot growing up as well um i'd I'd, you wouldn't want to worry your parents or you wouldn't want to place an extra burden on your parents um with if you were struggling with something and vice versa as well is something that i saw a lot you mentioned there um, about a toolkit you know that you that you wish your parents had looking back in hindsight what does that toolkit what would that toolkit look like for you now um, I think we need a hammer, a spanner. Yeah, a spanner, yeah, yeah. Just Some nails. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're talking to a bunch of tools here right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the tools right in front of you. Um, no, good question. Good question, Miyank. Um <laughs> I think in the toolkit, I think it'd be really important to... Um, what they're doing right now, Tui, with the Vietnamese radio is really awesome, like being able to translate it into our language. I think it would be really cool to... To ha- like if my parents or if if anyone's parents had the opportunity to kind of see that mental health isn't it's there's a spectrum like for them to actually see that okay um being stressed or having or feeling anxious or all of these feelings it lies on a spectrum and it's not all, always about going from one extreme to the other it's about seeing okay where do you lie on the spectrum so understanding that mental health is like a very key part to your entire well-being and it is separate from physical health and I think also understanding or trying to understand that um hey our bodies it's like an engine right so um the fuel doesn't just come from us running or exercising or or feeding it with good food the fuel also is about healthy endorphins and um keeping our minds just as as positive or just as if we want to be happy or if we want to be, you know, I guess everyone wants, wants to be happy or hopefully, um, then also training our mind with, with good practices in that way. 
um, taking time to relax or taking time to de-stress um, is really good. And even things as simple as like, are you okay? Um, I remember I actually messaged my dad um, on are you okay day? Like I, we have a family group chat and I was like, oh, happy are you okay day? Like just want to <laughs> ask you guys, are you okay? Um, and then I kind of tried to explain in Vietnamese what it was. I tried my best, <laughs> but I yeah. think I may have butchered it. And um, and he actually replied and he was like, I'm okay, are you okay? And I was like, oh my goodness, this is such a small thing, but it means so much to me because it's kind of like, okay, he kind of does understand the import, like, or or kind of understands the importance of that in a, in a way. So for me, that was such a huge moment because I was like, oh my gosh, like there's a little bit of progress here. So I guess having more of those conversations would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I guess um mm-hmm. to uh, to summarize what Tiana has said and put it into uh, like the context of a toolkit tool, toolkit <laughs> it's kind of like toolkit <laughs> the parts of a toolkit is firstly um language mm-hmm. language is really important you know what does anxiety mean what does impression mean what does spectrum mean um and then the second part would be understanding that's another part of the toolkit that I wish everyone could have, like the understanding of what exactly mental health is and how it plays in our lives and how important it is. And then the third part is effort, like putting in the effort wow. to have these conversations and ask people about their mental health and all that. So I think that forms the toolkit. So like language, understanding, and then effort. Thanks, Toi. Thanks for <laughs> condensing my, all my, <laughs> the most diverse of my thoughts. <laughs> this is something succinct. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you both have siblings at all? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a younger brother who's four years younger. Younger brother? Toi? Yeah. Yeah, I got two older brothers and a younger sister. Okay, cool. This will be a good question. <laughs> all right, all right. How, how, how have you, like, I guess, growing up, how have you seen sort of, um, the treatment towards like you know the daughter and the son um, and in the context of mental health or just in the context of growing up like how have you seen that sort of play out um, for your brothers versus yourself if there has been a big difference between uh, yeah the two I would say for me like I'm a very like uh, protective sister like I've growing up I've always if I see my brother come home from school and he's upset, I would always be like, are you like, what's wrong? Like you can talk to me, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I would try to start that conversation, but then I noticed that for him, he would internalize everything and he would just Mm. close the door and be like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Um, And he wouldn't be open with his feelings. And I think that actually directly translates into mental health, right? Because um, it's, it's also that, gendered layer on top of on on top of the cultural layer where kind of like males in the household are usually quite stoic um and Mm. emotions are seen as a weakness or they're seen okay you got to toughen up you know be a man so that that whole toxic masculinity Mm. there's so many layers isn't there (laughs) (laughs) um but it, it was that as well so that's what i noticed a lot with with my my brother is that where I was more open to talking about things. He was a lot more closed off. And I think that did, that was impacted by this expectation for him to be a stoic, strong um, male. 
in the house. And and it wasn't always like a direct thing where, where like my parents never said to him, you've got to toughen up. But it was more so those indirect comments that would kind of impact or um, influence the way he was with his feelings. And I guess also him seeing other males in the household as well, like, you know, your uncles, your dad, your grandfather, that type of thing, and seeing how they are with their emotions um, and how they internalise and they never talk about their feelings. I think he kind of tried to mirror that or um, grew up thinking that that was how it was meant to be. Mm. What about you, Tui? Um, Similar situation, like similar patterns in my family where the guys are more stoic, keep to themselves. I also noticed my mum's kind of like that as well. Like she has... She doesn't really express her emotions that much other than when she's angry. I only see <laughs> the, only, the only time I see emotion come out is when they're pissed. Um, no, but then also like thinking about it now, I think it comes to them being in constant survival mode. Like ever since they came over from Vietnam to here, they'd have, they don't have the, like the luxury to worry about anything other than survival um mm. and it was kind of like that for a really 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 long time like it's only until i mean maybe like recent years where they've more comfortable now like i guess financially and all that um but yeah a lot for a long period of time they were like constantly in survival mode and i think although i have a lot of cousins and family out here um we are sort of like a bit isolated because we live in like where we like our house is isn't that really of like a walkable distance to our close family and friends so Mm. um i feel they might not have had that direct like support system the reason why i say that is because i remember going back to vietnam the first time i went back to vietnam and then i went over to like i stayed at my aunties and uncles houses um there was a really big community vibe and it felt so different from how it, like the lifestyle felt really different from here. And I noticed like all my cousins, aunties and uncles, like they'd openly, they'd actually openly talk about like the shit that was going on in their lives and like they'll complain to one another. And it's kind of like they had that support system because there was always constantly someone around them who was like a similar age or had similar experiences. And there was like that really strong sense of community so they could rely on one another. Whereas I compare it to the lifestyle that I had in Vietnam. I'm sorry, not Vietnam, here in Australia. And it's like, we're quite isolated. And then my parents, the only thing they could do was focus on their work or raising the family. Um, It's like, they didn't really have much time to kind of wind down and talk about how they were feeling because there wasn't really many people around them who but when I say people around them, I mean like people who they could like literally walk down the street and like talk to. Um, mm. Whereas for like now that like in and out, I feel like for me, it's, it's a lot easier to open up to people because I can text my friends. <laughs> like like texting yeah. is like second mm. nature or I can call up my friends. Like that's really second nature too. Or like um, like throughout primary school and high school, I always had my, my friends live like really close to me. So I could like walk over to the house and like, hang out with them in person and then like talk about feelings and chat about all that stuff. But yeah, I'm just like thinking about it. I don't know if my parents really had that support system um, when they were growing up, uh, at least in Australia anyway. Nah, yeah. I, I agree. I feel like you often see, it's quite interesting. I, I don't know how we're moving forward as a society, as, as a society as well, 
whether it's becoming more individualistic, um, that community fabric is breaking down. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit unsure personally. I think I'm personally conflicted on the way we're heading. And yeah, just like listening to that, I yeah, I agree. Like in India, even in like Spanish culture, in Portuguese culture, like the sense of community, the sense of family um, is much bigger. Like everyone gets around food. That's the way that people connect. And I think that's one of the big things that uh, have come across. Like you, you see a lot of Greeks as well. Like they're all connected with like the food and um, Persians as well. Like, and it's so, it's so nice to see that come here. Like they bring that culture with them when they come to Australia. Um, but yeah, just as a byproduct of that, people talk more, more people are more connected with each other's lives. I think that just helps with the overall well-being. Um, yeah, so I, I agree. Like I agree. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, it's probably another uh, podcast topic, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm a bit like with the metaverse and everything happening. Mm. I, I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know what's going. What's going to be happening Metaver- as we as we go forward? Yeah. <laughs> Capitalism has fueled this individualistic yeah. society, and it's really fucking yeah. us up. Because <laughs> if you like wind up back to uh, you know tribal days, well, or, like humans are made to be in tribes, mm. like communities, groups, mm. and it's only within maybe I would say like the past perhaps 50, 100 years that was suddenly mm. becoming a very um, individualistic. Like mm-hmm. you grow up mm. within your own family. you got mum, like, you know, the what do they call it? The nuclear family, mum, dad, yep. the kids, and then like you keep to mm. yourselves. Um, but that's not how it's been for like the previous hundreds and thousands of years. It's only, yep. this is a whole quite new experience. I think that's why mental health is so prevalent nowadays because now we're seeing the kind of the repercussions of being mm. a more individualistic society society or living in yep. an individualistic 100%. society so um it's something new that we're all navigating now um whether it's yeah. possible to kind of live that way and have that sort of lifestyle but i do notice like yeah. whenever i'm in a community with people in a in a situation or environment where there are like-minded people i always feel a sense of like warmth and imagine mm. being able to live with that warmth for your entire life because I feel like that's what it might have been when we were in the communities. But now it's kind of like, oh, now pa- I think I'll search for that. Our parents feel like that as well. Like I feel every, like when they're at the groceries and then they, they hear someone speak Vietnamese, they're like, oh, that person's Vietnamese. And then they'll just naturally speak to them because they're like, oh, we have something in common that we can talk about. So it's finding that common ground. And what you guys are speaking about before, it's so prevalent because I remember having like family members that had just like immigrated over to Australia. Um, they would say that they feel warm. So that's a word in Vietnamese that kind of loosely translates to like feeling quite sad or or like depressed in, in a way as well because um, they just feel like Australia, there's no sense of community unless you go to, you know, I guess for Vietnamese people it's like, St Albans or Springvale and stuff like that so that's why like I understand even more why my parents love to go to those places on the weekend or like um or go to those festivals and things like that that are in those areas where there's a strong Vietnamese community because it feels like home to them Mm. do you know what I mean so home is more than just where you live home is like the people around you right Mm. (laughs) sorry that sounded so but yeah do you get what I mean 
No, no I... that's why May Mank and I always uh, in Werribee, like with the food trucks. <laughs> 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 no, Clayton, Clayton, oh, Werribee, Prius, Prius Indian restaurant in uh, in. Is uh, that why we have Indian food all the time, Mank? Yeah, mate. No, hundred percent. You guys no, have to. You'd always catch us there. You guys have to take us to some authentic Indian places, because to be honest, I don't yeah. think I. Well, one thing. I don't uh, think I've been to like, or well, one that I, I don't know if it's like authentic or not. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where's that place, Mank, that we went Prayers. to? Oh, Prayers. Prayers, yeah, yeah. 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 Prayers. In Taylor's yeah. Lakes, yeah. Bloody, Ooh. bloody petrol prices now. That too <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just take our private jet, Mank. Yeah, let's just hope that, like, Putin can just withdraw some forces or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll e-bike it down. E-bike it down. Oh, oh yeah. That'll be, we'll leave, we'll, Get on the scooters. We'll leave at, like, 9 a.m. <laughs> come yeah. for the dinner. At, like, <laughs> Like I'm kind of trying. I'm like trying to think. Like, what's the difference between, like, why is it that in Western society we're struggling so much with our mental health, but then in a non-Western society where it's like mainly like communities built on communities and all that, like mm. it seems like it's not as prevalent there. This is just an assumption because like I didn't grow up in a sort of like non-Western community, so I'm not entirely sure. But just looking from an outsider's mm. perspective and using my experience when going back to Vietnam, it didn't seem like they had to struggle with those sort of things like they were happy and they weren't yeah. fucking depressed <laughs> like well i couldn't yeah. see it anyway just i didn't ask them these questions like are you depressed but um mm. like they just seemed really happy and content and the things that they were complaining about were like it was ne- yeah it was never like mental health it was kind of like <laughs> well, it sounds so fucked up but like you know oh okay maybe not but like um like they just didn't it never came up in conversation Mm. yeah but then mm. yeah like it's kind of like the chicken and egg situation like what comes mm. first you know mm. Mm. but like i mean based off of our discussion before it seems like they i guess like in when you're in when you have a strong community with you maybe they didn't need that toolkit maybe this toolkit mm. it has only become a necessity yeah maybe mm. because That's of the second because they've had well i think i think there's a bit of both there because it's like i do get like whenever I hear my parents talk about Vietnam or when they talk about like their their time they were growing up there, they all the words I hear associated with that experience is voi, like they voi means like happy and content. Like they were really happy and content. Um, obviously there was a lot of that they may have been in poverty as well, but they seem to be really happy even though mm. those circumstances yeah. existed so it is interesting to look at because it's like okay well there's there's definitely a layer there that that has to do with community but there has to be something else where even though they're living in you know a country that's not as developed as Australia they were happy at that time like there was something that was mm. simmering underneath I'm not sure what what it is though mm. Well, if you look at that Maslow hierarchy of needs, if we're saying that at the bottom it should be necessity of having mental health, like yeah, a healthy, healthy mental health, is that how you say it? Good mental health? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, if that's at the bottom, yeah. maybe in like in those societies, mm. that's already been checked off. But th- but that's that's actually really interesting to me because um even with things like feminism, like I've seen a lot of people talk about how like as a as a woman. Um, like as a black woman or as a Asian woman, you have different circumstances that you, like, I guess in the feminist like ways of thinking in the Western world is so different than to the ways of thinking for 
other cultures and a lot of people don't understand that culture plays such a huge part and just like this whole conversation we're talking about culture plays a huge part in in mental health and everything and it's important to understand those differences um and i guess the different layers of privilege that different cultures may have depending on their like proximity to to whiteness um yeah mm. That's very well said, actually. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Quickly, before we um, wrap up and everything, one of the things where, like, Mank and I were talking about earlier is this idea of racism and how that's sort of played out. And obviously coming in, uh, growing up as, like, Indian, um, yeah, Asian Australians or, you know, Mank and I, Indian Australians, um, we've kind of seen it play play out a little bit, um, whether covertly or overtly. Um, How has that sort of played out for both of you as well or people close to you and how has that sort of discussion been everyone everyone with a cult uh a non-white background faces that shit unfortunately because Mm. we do live in a predominantly white society Mm. um we kind of well i'm speaking on behalf of me uh Whenever I experienced it, it felt a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes I'd speak up about it and retaliate. And then sometimes I'll just brush it over because I just don't have the fucking energy or the fucks Mm. to give at that time and place. (laughs) It's exhausting when when it happens so often, even like microaggressions, it might happen like quite often. Um, I think inherently people aren't evil. They don't mean to treat you badly or ask really like, um, inappropriate questions um Mm. but yeah it's uh it's tiring dealing with it Mm. you kind of get over um at a certain point um do you do you ever um when you when you retaliated was it almost like you know why do you why do you think that do you almost pose the question back or how did that kind of yeah how did that kind of play out Mm. Mine was the often, question, I guess my the, the, retaliation was like, yeah, the, "Do you have a problem with that?" <laughs> I get like really sassy and like, <laughs> yeah. isn't always the best I've, way to <laughs> go back. I've, I've I've heard I've heard people talk about like when they've heard, and it can almost happen in friendship circles as well. Like often when there's like misogyny or uh, racism mm. or or anything like that, it's like, oh, so why do you think that? Mm. And then you sort of flip it mm. onto them and you ask them, okay, why do you think that? Because um, it's almost like a um, non-aggressive way of just asking and then they might say something and then you ask again oh so why do you think that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they they often answer their own question and when they start speaking out loud mm. um, it doesn't make it sense, doesn't make sense. It, it, yeah. it, it doesn't mm. make sense yeah good method yeah so I, uh, for me i think um we we had this question the other day where um someone was like okay when people ask you where are you from no but where are you really from you know that question i'm sure you guys have all experienced mm-hmm. it in one way or another um i remember like if i if i'm like kind of in a social setting um and i experience some type of off comment of casual racism um for some reason there's this and it's like this i think it's cultural as well because it's like you know saving face that people pleasing mentality um where i worry more about making that person feel uncomfortable than making myself feel yeah. un- uncomfortable because obviously their comment like where are you really from that's made me feel really uncomfortable but i worry more about oh am i going to make the group feel uncomfortable and i'm am i going to make mm-hmm. that person feel uncomfortable if i like retaliate or stand up for myself and that's kind mm-hmm. of 
that's kind of fucked up in a way if you think about it because it's mm. like well you mm. should you should be holding yourself as number one you should be caring about yourself mm. right so I think more and more I'm trying to learn to like stand up for myself and and that was a really good that's a really good method Sunny to like put it back on them and, and ask them this, mm. that question um mm. but I think if if it was like a family member or like a friend that is experiencing it I'm more than like willing to stand up for for them in that scenario but if it's I guess directly to me like if there was a comment to me I'm a bit more I guess hesitant to fight back but I think mm. now, especially with the podcast and the more conversations we have about it, I'm like, you know what? Like, yes, this is my culture. Um, I'm proud of it. So I'm going to back myself because, mm. you know, I'm unapologetically mm. Asian. <laughs> yeah. you gotta, you got you, you to live by the values that you preach, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that, that that's awesome. No, if I if I like you know, I definitely there's a, definitely an element for me as well that like I just ask you know you know I actually want to get to the bottom of why they think what they're thinking mm. like where they get their perceptions from. Mm. Uh, another good to- another good tip as well. We got this from Vianne. Um, if someone just makes like a casual like racist joke or racist remark or a miso- something that's, that's super misogynistic or something, you just ask them to repeat what they said. Just be like, and they, if they if they pass it off as a joke, just be like. Oh, do you want to repeat what you just said? What did you say? And then, like, when they once they hear it again, and once they repeat, once they say it again, they're just like, "Oh shit!" Like that was, um, mm-hmm. that was, uh, this not not the best. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, that's cool. Yeah, no, that was this has been really good, guys. Like, I think yeah, Sunny. I think this has been like a, a really awesome conversation. Like, you, you guys gave a really like different perspective, and I think we, I think I've I've definitely learned a lot. Um, we definitely went on script. Yeah, I like that kind of for last forty five minutes. I reckon I'll be. I'll definitely be copying and pasting some of the some of the dialogue that you guys have said. It's like yeah, it's been it's been it's been really good, guys. Um, and it's been a long time in the making. So thank you so much for um, I guess you know coming agreeing to come on with us tools um, <laughs> and uh, and having a chat. Um, and uh, before before we do wrap up, where can we find you? Give us the give us the rundown. You know, I, I don't think you guys would be on this podcast if you didn't have anything to plug. So go ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you liked what you listened to, you can uh, you can find us. Uh, we're on we're on socials mainly on Instagram at unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a website, so www.unapologeticallyasian.com.au. Yes, yes. So we have yeah, it's so official. <laughs> .au. So come on, come on down. Yes, and um, if you want to listen to our episodes, we're available on pretty much all major podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Castbox, you name it, we'll be there. Mm-hmm. Radio Public. What? No, that's a bad gag. <laughs> bad joke. <laughs> we were going so well, Sunny. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, on on the podcast hosting thing, you can just like automatically distribute to like all these different platforms. And ah. so Mank and I just realized the other day, or when we realized earlier on, like. We're on all these random ones like mm. Radio Public. Oh, and right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, true, yeah. true, true. Yeah, yeah there's so a few. Yeah, there's so a few you randoms. Can, you can, yeah, unapologetically Asian. You, you guys will be there as well. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got a few. We've also got an episode with uh, Sunny and Yank on our potty as well. So if you want, if you can't get enough of the boys, <laughs> you can uh, you can head on over to ours and uh, hear hear our combo. But you know what, like. Our convo, we even though we kind of touched on a few similar things in this conversation, I think we actually all brought something different. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's been really good. You'll you'll you hear you. It might be a copy and paste. <laughs> <It'll be laughs> yeah. <a bit. laughs> yeah. There'll be differentiation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a bit of a product differentiation there. So. Yeah. yeah, but thank you so much for having us on. We it's it's an honor. It's an honor to be on uh, the BU. <laughs> BTU, no, it'd be BTU. Uh, BTU. It's, 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 it's more, it's more, an, it, it's more an honor that you accepted the invite and like decided to rock up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to this day, we're still thinking, you know, why, why did they accept us? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are you on about? Um, but yeah, enjoy, enjoy tonight. You guys are seeing the good Ronnie Chang. Yeah. Yes, Festival. we are. Yes, so. we are. Anyone listening, keep an eye out for their uh, future guests. Manifest. Manifest. Thank you so much. So thank much you guys. Awesome. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode. If you're enjoying our conversations, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All the conversations are recorded in video, so check us out on Instagram and Facebook at our handle at BottledUpOz. Drop us a comment or a message if any of these conversations resonate with you, and most importantly, please share this podcast with anyone who might need it. So as always, this is Bottled Up. Thanks for being part of our family, and see you next time.